Welcome to the Empowerment Radio Show, the show that empowers, inspires, and motivates. Hear from experts in all areas of business as they share proven techniques that have helped them earn millions and have more free time. Learn the tricks of the trade, including how to market your business and develop the million-dollar mindset needed to succeed. Be sure to register for more information at torontowomensexpo.com. Use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering Women to Succeed. Now, let's welcome the host of the Empowerment Radio Show, Randy Goodman. Hello, everyone. This is Randy here with the Empowerment Radio Show, and I have an incredible guest today. Her name is Ruthie Bird, and she is the founder of the Lunch Lady Group. Welcome, Ruthie. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Well, it's my pleasure to uh, be talking to you and to let your listeners know a little bit about what we do over at the Lunch Lady Group. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Now, I'm excited to speak with you because I know you have an absolutely incredible story. But can you tell us a little bit about you and what led you to where you are today? Well, um, we have a lot in common, I think, you and I, Randy, because we both have a child on the uh, autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many women that I talk to, they end up starting their own business because there's a need that they have within their own family and they're trying to find creative ways to address it. Mm-hmm. And it was no different with me. Uh, when uh, our son, Brendan, was about three years old, which would be about mm, 22, 23 years ago now, uh, he was diagnosed. And it became instantly apparent that there would be a lot of therapies um, that would be required to assist him that were not covered by any medical plan. And so that the onus would be on me to bring in some additional funds to the family. My husband at the time was a mechanical engineer, and things were not looking too rosy in the consulting field uh, in the early 90s. And so we thought we'd better have a fallback position. So I thought about all sorts of things I could do that would free me up in the afternoon to go to speech therapy uh, because it became apparent to me that as indulgent as many employers are and as sympathetic, at the end of the day, they need you to work. And no one is really going to, over the long term, um, be willing to or should they be willing to tolerate a staff that will have to call in and call off at, uh, at the whim of when a therapist can see their child. Mm-hmm. So it was, the onus was on me to come up with something on my own and uh, that would give me the afternoons. I, I really didn't want to do anything around food because actually I couldn't really cook at the time. I wasn't uh, good in the kitchen, didn't really have a lot of food knowledge, did not have any real interest in food. Um, hadn't given food a lot of thought, actually. <laughs> and But everything came back to food, darn it. I thought about being the dried flower lady, the scrapbook lady, um, the run your errands for you lady, a whole bunch of little part-time things that I could cobble together into a flexible, uh, more or less full-time job. Right. And it kept going, coming back to that food thing. So I read about this guy in New York City, and he bought sandwiches from a deli and delivered it to people in offices. And I thought, well, maybe there's something there I can do around kids, school, 
I didn't really uh, know the system or really understand how the, the school system worked at that point. Uh, but I thought maybe I can I can do something with that. And that's basically how the lunch lady started. The fact that it started with food wasn't any great passion I had about food or kitchen or feeding kids, which is kind of ironic considering how the story played out and where I, <laughs> what I think about kids and food today, which is like a whole 360-degree turnaround. Uh, but that's where it started, and you have to start somewhere. So that's how I came to be the lunch lady, and I just picked that name randomly. I didn't realize women in schools were called lunch ladies. It was alliteration. It seemed like a good idea. And in 1993, I made a start. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Mm. <laughs> and it's so funny because people always talk about find what you're passionate about, find what you're passionate about, and then make that into a business so that you wake up every day doing what you love. So it's so funny to hear you say that, yeah. you know, it was... It was not. No, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't my passion. I had a passion to find a job so I could take my son Brendan's speech therapy, right? That was my passion is to find something that would fit into our family schedule. And also, to be honest with you, I had this fear that I would become completely sucked up into my son's disability. Right. Um, and I'm still a person. I'm still me, Ruthie Bird, and I had other children, and I had uh, my wonderful husband, David, and I, I didn't want that to happen. And I, I could see that that could become just your whole world would be just that one little narrow space and I would cease to be me and I'd just become Brendan's mother. Mm-hmm. And so I had a real passion not to be that person, I could say. I had that passion. <laughs> well, at least you had a passion and you turned it into an empire. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about the business that you have today because you've grown a phenomenal business. Well, you know, I, I think if you're open uh, to opportunity, you're open to new ideas, you're open to learning, you're open to asking questions and uh, seeking out people that are better at things than you are, then you have all the tools that you need to move forward. So now while it's true, I didn't know much about the cooking thing when I started. I had had business experience in the past, actually, not really related to anything I knew about either, and I got through that. For uh, five years in the 80s, I was uh, uh, in uh, Montego Bay manufacturing window blinds, Mm -hmm. and I learned about that more or less uh, in an afternoon in Toronto. Um, But I I had a passion for business. I think it's fair to say I, 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 that's what my passion was, was ideas and business, uh, as well as not wanting to be just Brendan's mom or defined by Brendan's disability. So uh, when I started, nobody wanted my service. I sent a flyer around to everybody in my neighborhood. I offered to come to their house at 7.30 in the morning to drop off a nicely prepared school lunch. And of course, nobody wanted anyone coming to their home at 7.30 in the morning, which I didn't realize was pretty chaotic and dropping them off a school lunch. That that was definitely not the right model or the right way to reach my audience. And for the next two years, I kept trying to approach schools directly and kept getting the no word uh, repeatedly. 
And so I'd make lunch for anybody who would eat a lunch. I had doctor's offices, gas stations. I had some small business people. I had some seniors as well for whom I uh, was their uh, personalized meals on wheels type representative. And I'd take uh, lunches to them as well because I had a facility. I had, uh, I had rented a premise. I had a lease. I had bills. I had some debt. Uh, I cried an awful lot, actually. I would drive and cry, and sometimes my children were with me, and then I would sob quietly while driving so as not to upset them in the back seat. But I, there were a lot of tears, and I thought that, you know, I had just created this terrible money pit. I didn't want to admit I wasn't doing well, so I fibbed. I have to admit it. I fibbed to my dear husband, David. I borrowed money on the quiet from my father. I ran up my credit cards. Um, it took me 10 years to become like, to get, get a credit card <laughs> after my startup experience. I think a lot of women go through this, though. And I was darn stubborn. I even tried a partnership that failed. But, you know, after two years, eventually, school said yes. And then another school said yes. And another school said yes. And I thought, well, this thing has legs, right? And Mm -hmm. then there was the day when I took home my first dollar. That was a fine day, let me tell you. (laughs) And uh, uh, I I don't have it anymore, though. I probably spent it on supplies or something, right? I I, I should have been smarter and kept it. But you always think about those smart things you should have done after the fact. There's a lot of that when you're self-employed. So, um, but... Uh, in the beginning, I was selling convenience for busy parents. And so, of course, I was going to look at selling what I thought would sell the best. So in the early days, there were pizza pops and pogo dogs and blue juice and frosted fudge cakes. I will not tell a fib because, you know, I was looking at what do parents think their children would like to have for lunch. But as the business evolved... So did my attitude towards food. And it was all, again, because of that youngster who was growing in our midst, our son, Brendan, and his and his younger brother at the time, too. And we decided that we'd put our son on a gluten and dairy-free diet. Mm-hmm. Now, way back in the day, there wasn't much product around, and so there was no convenience food. Today, there's a lot of gluten-free, dairy-free convenience food and and it's not necessarily a great idea because it's mostly carbs and sugar but that's a whole other story um but it meant i had to learn how to cook because i couldn't use uh any old fallback so i started taking an interest in food and what that meant was that i uh i uh, started learning I started learning new things. I started getting out of my comfort zone, and I wasn't confident in the kitchen, but I was on a mission. And I saw such changes in our own son's behavior. I have to be honest with you. Well, one of the biggest ones was that he started being receptive to the speech therapy he'd been going to for years that hadn't had much effect. And he did start talking, which was, if you have a child with, uh, uh, you know, a, a child with autism, which is a huge thing, knowing that they'll have that ability to communicate and that, you know, they'll have another uh, uh, channel for communication rather than picture symbols or motions or just the frustration they deal with by not being heard. So this is phenomenal. And I started to think about, you know, that whole thing, you are what you eat. 
I started looking at our program and I started looking at here we are, we're serving food to kids at school and schools probably are teaching something about eating and maybe, oh, maybe I should be, I should be finding out exactly what that is. And I should be supporting that because maybe that's just kind of the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I did I did start following the We Voice. And uh, around this time, uh, the business was getting bigger. And I thought, well, you know, really, what am I going to do here? I don't want to be a big corporation. I, I'm not interested in that. Um, I've always been kind of like wanting to, I like relationships and I, 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 I don't want the sole responsibility for everything if it's going to be bigger because I'm, I just don't have, I, I just don't think I have the smarts for it, to be perfectly honest. And so I, I had taken a business course early on, uh, just before I started uh, my, uh, my early iteration of The Lunch Lady, and I went back there and spoke to a couple of my former teachers and said, you know, like, oh, what should I do? And I put thought, what are the options for me? And one of the options was, franchising and I knew nothing about franchising and this would be around 1999 but they said we know someone we could introduce you to that has some experience with franchising and uh, you might want to talk to him and so the long and short is is we did become partners and he did help me franchise the lunch day concept we sold our first franchise in, in 2001 and by the time we did this we were starting to change what we were offering to kids at school. The menu was already just in its infant stages of starting to change. And as we grew and added more kitchens, we we got some publicity. We were in Today's Parent. We were in Mother Magazines. Um, We started growing uh, on the franchise side um, in leaps and bounds for franchising, not in terms of maybe... um, uh, what would happen if we just arbitrarily been able to open uh, locations, um, managing them corporately. Um, but what that meant is then we started managing not just a concept, but we st- started managing people. And so I'd gone from one business of not knowing anything about the kitchen, um, started a lunch service. Then I went from starting a lunch service that was in transition to uh, a healthier lunch service to a people business where I would be managing other people's expectations, um, managing um, other people's disappointments, and also um, trying to get people to follow my lead and follow our blueprint, a blueprint that over time I knew would be changing. So uh, all of a sudden, I'm now in a whole different business that I know not too much about. Um, but again, uh, we were very fortunate. We reached out to uh, Matt Foison from M&M Meat Shops, asked him if he can give us some mentoring, which he graciously uh, agreed to do, joined the Canadian Franchise Association, lots of learning opportunities there, met lots of other franchisors. Um, learns what we all have in common in terms of managing a system like ours. But again, a lot of days there was a lot of crying. My children were now in full time in school, so I could cry to my heart's content. Like it wasn't that I had to sob quietly. I could just like let it all go, and, and I did. I, I still thought some days about throwing it all out the window, and my husband David, bless his heart, just said, you've come so far, surely you can go a little further, you know, you've, 
you're just you're 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 starting to make some money here, so let's see what you can do with the thing. But there were other days when he'd say, "Where's the beef?" And I I never found that particularly humorous, but he he seemed to find that pretty pretty humorous. But on the days I said, "There is no beef here. Let's just like like switch to chicken or something else." <laughs> he would say, "No, you're not. You're not giving up on it." Right? He would just kind of move me ahead, I think, and I'm forever grateful for that. <laughs> and so I had removed. Um, uh, today, of course, there are, let me see, in, in Lunch Lady Land, um, there are 36 locations, and we manage about 50 territories. We're in uh, four provinces in B.C., Alberta, Manitoba and mostly Ontario. Uh, we're, uh, we serve and we're proud to serve in about 1,300 locations that include not just elementary schools now, but daycares, camps. We're piloting programs with uh, seniors as well. And over the last three years, um, uh, my role in the company has started to change. I'm now really like, first, I love to cook. I'm, I'm probably a pretty good cook too, actually. Um, <laughs> And uh, and probably a darn good cook comes into it, better than a pretty good cook. And and I'm so interested in kids and food now. Like I'm I'm totally passionate about. I found my real passion within my business. It a lot of it is finding out how can we get the private sector and the public sector. And by that I mean the people who make the food, the people who produce the food, people who deliver and prepare food, like, uh, such as the lunch lady, and, and the public sector, uh, Dietitians of Canada, um, Public Health, uh, Heart and Stroke Foundation, the Y, Farm to School, all these organizations that are so interested in kids and food, how can we bring people together to create healthy school food environments? What are the barriers to healthy school food environments, and what can we do sharing knowledge and getting over the mistrust the public sector often has of the private sector uh, to find out how best to uh, distribute food to, to children at risk, how best uh, to get more local produce into programs like ours that are delivered by a large supplier like Cisco. Um, we can always do better. I think that's what our, our prime minister says, right? Things we can always do better. And, you know, I'm a great believer in that things can always get better. Mm-hmm. We've learned we have a, a, a wonderful head office team that's really dedicated. I was just in there today looking at their lunches. Now, in school sometimes what we'll see is the teacher is, is talking about, you know, the, the curriculum. And, and while she's talking about eating healthy, there's a can of Coke on her desk, right? I mean, she's may not be aware that the kids are learning so much from that can of Coke or, or other kind of pop or a bag of chips or something that may just be sitting on her desk for later. Mm-hmm. She may not make that connection, right? right. So I'm going into um, our um, uh, head office uh, lunchroom and they all, I'm looking at all their lunches. One has, like, they got chicken and quinoa salad, and the other one has a big salad. Like, they're all eating all of these great, healthy choices. So here I am. I'm so lucky. How lucky am I that I am surrounded by a staff that in their own lifestyle, in their own way of doing things, has been attracted to our brand as an employer, for one thing, and actually are walking the talk. 
right? They're walking, they're walking the talk. And so when we go out into all our kitchens, it's really important to us that, that we really always are authentic and that we walk the talk and we talk about what we do in, in, in our own kitchens and, and what the beliefs of our, our own franchise partners and what their attitudes towards kids and food are. So over the past um, uh, couple of years, I got involved with a federally funded uh, project called Nourishing School Communities. And I'm the only private partner in my group. And my group has uh, Dr. Mary McKenna from the University of New Brunswick, who is like my idol, who I, I, um, I, I can even call a friend now, which is wonderful. And she said uh, several years ago, which so influenced me, schools educate by the choices they offer. And that made such an impact on me. And now I'm part of this project that's all about uh, school food environments. So the why is part of this, farm to school is part of this, heart and stroke. There's some First Nations participation. It is, uh, it is just terrific. And I'm getting the benefit of all their learning and all, finding out all these amazing projects that have been done. But it never filters down to the school level. So how can we get this information and knowledge that's out there into the schools, into the school assembly? Because our, our youngsters, our elementary school kids, are, are in an environment where they're so prone to the influence of adults and can be influenced by adults in such a strong and positive way by uh, these ideas being modeled. So these... It's just an expectation at school, no matter where you go, that you're going to have access to healthy food. And uh, this, like, I just find this, like, so, so inspiring. And it's so wonderful just to be, even to be playing a small role in something that's so important. And that's the thing that at the end of the day, I'm, I'm most excited about. And, and again, it's just, you know, it's just how the how the whole thing has evolved, and I'm more passionate about my business now after 23 years, and what we can achieve working together and forming more relationships with more uh, agencies and groups than I was at the start of my business. And uh, I I don't know why that is, but I just think that's pretty great, actually. Um, and I'm so fortunate. I, I'm so fortunate. It's phenomenal. It really, truly is phenomenal. And I'm so proud of what you've been able to accomplish. It's, you know, it's hard work. It's research. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. But, you know, and I thank you for giving us all that information because, you know, I totally didn't expect that, but that's absolutely phenomenal. It just gives people an idea of, all the different pieces involved in growing a business. It's like, you know, blows your mind the possibilities and the opportunities that are available, uh, you know, and the directions that you can take it just from like this little teeny idea. Like, mm. how do I get my this little, to little half idea? Free therapy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah. So, I'd say one of the hardest things, Randy, one of the hardest things for me though. And it still is, and I say it to our franchise partners as well. It's hard. We are all insecure. At the base of ourselves, we're all full of self-doubt. I think that's something we we have in common 
and how we manage that and how we how we embrace that that kind of positive fear is really what drives us forward because I know like you know I've been very fortunate to be on TV a fair bit and I'm always kind of nervous before that, and I hate watching myself on TV after because I always think, oh, I should have said this, or I should have taken that comment back to something more about about our company, or I could have said that a little different, or or, or whatever. You're always, but it, it, it always makes you think, how can I do better next time? Anytime you put yourself out there, what's really important is it may not turn out the way you wanted, right? But sometimes... Uh, no today is just getting you ready for yes tomorrow. What can you learn from that no? Sometimes a person just can't help you at that moment when you're asking them for something. And when you're in business, there's always an ask, right? But how how can you how can you learn? Who can you ask? Who can you you get some moral support from that will um, help you to get it on that horse and go out there again? That's what I love so much about franchising from a franchisee's point of view is that you're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself. And you have access to that whole organization to help give you that moral support. Because that's, I think that's why some businesses don't succeed. The owners get discouraged. It's hard work. And for, you know, but for all of us, it's the same thing. We all look like swans out on the lake to someone standing from the shore. But if you've ever seen under the water, that swan is paddling like mad, just paddling like mad. And that's what business is exactly like. Yeah, we may look one way to the outside, but inside, it's always mayhem around here, right? It's a good thing they're eating all those veggies and all that good, that good food. They need all that food energy because there's always something going on in a business. And the bigger the business, the more somethings that are going on. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. And, uh, and, but the, so much satisfaction in each little thing, each little, each little milestone, each little step of progress, just like it's been with our son, the bee, each time he's made progress or he's learned something new or mastered a new skill. It's just, it's just maybe in a different context, but I think it's the same sense of accomplishment, satisfaction, and, and, and having your life have meaning. And that's what we all want. We all want to feel that we've made a difference and, and our life has some meaning, right? It's what validates us, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we want to feel a sense of purpose for sure. But to be able to mm. fulfill our need as well as build an incredible business at the same time is absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, I, I bow down to you, my lady. You're, you're <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> so I'm just talk- I'm just paddling here, right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm paddling here like everyone else, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So can you and and we've already got some incredible information from you. But do you want to talk to us about like one of the challenges that you see people face in business? Maybe make them stuck. Hmm. Well, the um, I think. Uh, one of the biggest challenges is that not everybody 
uh, goes into business in the first place. So it, it's already a small section of the, of the population that will try their own business. And statistically, the odds of succeeding in business are not really that high. So more people tend to fail in business than succeed. I think when everybody starts, they always feel they have an idea and everybody's going to line up to, to, to buy it. Or as once they, you know, it's like the old field of dreams thing, build it and they will come. But, yeah. but it doesn't work like that. Um, it doesn't? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's like you burst my bubble. Anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and who... Who do you reach out to? Um, who do you reach out to that will support you or give you moral support? And I think um, part of it is I know that you've just uh, written this great book, and it, and, and it really should bring home to a lot of women in business. We get an idea somehow someone just started something and everybody bought it, but you can see from your own experience of what you've written, that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. We all we all have our own torturous path to where we are right now, and that's not to say we're at our destination even yet. Or we still have more torture to undergo <laughs> along the road, as well as 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 more more uh, uh, sunshine to bask in. Both of those things. So the, the one of the big challenges is not availing yourself of like-minded individuals, whether they're women or men that can give you that at arm's length support. Because often our parents, sometimes parents are negative and and the spouse can be negative too and that can work against you. But also, sometimes they're overly and unrealistically encouraging. Or they're, they want, they want, they love you and they, they aren't realistic enough with you perhaps. So any relationships that, that you can make with people who are going to give you the straight up and the skinny on the situation are priceless, absolutely priceless. Um, being open to uh, suggestion and criticism uh, is so important and not being open to it is, is a, a one-way ticket to, you know, down the water slide without a, a repeat, right, to get up to the top again. So... Uh, I think that that's the biggest challenge is, is that um, not being realistic. Two, not realizing you, may, you constantly will have to be tweaking and changing what you do. You have to see what, what, the, uh, what competitors are doing. Um, see how you can constantly be improving what, what you are offering. How can you differentiate yourself? What's your edge? Put yourself out there. Have a story. Be a persona. But this goes against uh, 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 the comfort level in most of us, me included. And I'm no different. So, but you, you just keep at it. I think perseverance, persistence, and a memorable personality, no matter how you adopt that. There has to be something about you that somebody will remember. And sometimes we feel that that our hard work should be acknowledged, but really no one's paying attention. It's a noisy marketplace. Mm-hmm. And to underestimate the actual noise in the marketplace, again, um, will make you drown. The, your story will be drowned out in the midst of all of the other stories. So... Those things are hugely challenging, and that's why organizations like 
I guess, mompreneur, if you're in franchising, the Franchise Association. Uh, reaching out to women you see are successful. I uh, heard um, Debbie uh, Travis speak not so long ago, and, and uh, uh, one of, she had this great slogan. Um, um, uh, she has many things. One, one, uh, when she was talking about fear, she says, screw it, just do it, which I think is pretty good. But she also said, for women, women are each other's wonder bras. They can make us all look bigger and fuller. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. <laughs> and uh, uh, another um, a woman, I can't remember uh, who was making a presentation as well, was talking about how social media now gives us access uh, to uh, so many successful um, uh, women or women who have kept at it. I, I like to think of those as successful women, women who have kept at it and are, are now starting to see the results or are seeing ongoing results from their labors. You can find them online. Often they, uh, as they're blogging or they're writing about themselves or they're being interviewed by somebody. And, and you can find so much positive stuff. Uh, uh, through uh, social media these days. So uh, feeling alone or the sense of isolation is a huge challenge. I don't recommend the fibbing to the husband about how you're really doing. <laughs> I, I think that can be a challenge. Uh, I, I had a very tolerant husband, and so he, uh, he just basically said, oh, Ruthie, when I told him. <laughs> When I when I told him the truth, right? So I mean, like he's he's a he's a pretty exceptional, easygoing guy, and um, uh, but but really, uh, you've got to you've got to own where you're at, and um, uh, sometimes you got to take a real good look at your numbers and see and see what it is you're doing, and then always being assessing what can I do to get a different result. Sometimes you may have to drop one thing and move into something else and that happens too and you have to be willing to look at if you're the entrepreneur you're not tied to one concept you don't have to be tied to one concept mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is a, 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 a it's kind of a belief or a, a an ideal or a, a persona you put on yourself every morning but you're not tied to an idea and i think maybe even though i had no cooking passion or whatever maybe at some level, I had a passion for business, or I had a passion for an idea or entrepreneurship, and I think maybe that was the underlying passion as opposed to anything specific, right? So I'm not sure. I hope that, does that answer your question? Well, definitely. Or, or get a, and get a big box of Kleenex, or, or get lots of Kleenex. <laughs> Be prepared. Have lots of Kleenex. That's my my other piece of good advice. And it, it doesn't mean you're a loser if you cry a lot. Right? It's not, but you've got to get that anxiety out. You've got to get that stress out, or you can't move ahead if you don't have that good cry. It's all part of it. Exactly. I love it. So, yeah, and there's tons of emotion that go with this. And, and you know, if people don't mm. know that that's coming, it's coming too. It, you know, not necessarily um, mm. Crying and bawling, but there are lots of emotions that go with it, and ups and downs and whatnot. Yes. So I know, you know, you're you're pointing out some really incredible head-butting pieces that people would have to get through. Can you give them a few tips on how you would get through some of those challenges that might help them, uh, you know, to get through maybe things that you learned along the way that could 
help them to get through it a little easier than not knowing anything? Well, one of the things would be just to acknowledge that there are going to be days that you love your business and there are going to be days you hate your business. And this is the, any, any place where you have uh, any emotional attachment, passion, whatever you want to call it, love and hate are, are two sides of the coin. And when you have indifference, then you know it's, it's like time to move along to something else. But as long as you have those passions or those feelings or the love-hate thing, then you, you, your, your belief in your business is still alive and not to get too discouraged about that. Uh, the other thing, uh, apart from, of course, always seeking out, um, uh, surrounding yourself with people who can support you, but also um, uh, uh, tell you the truth, that you'll listen to the truth about is is hugely important. And um, a, a belief uh, that in business you're either growing or you're dying. There, excuse me, there is no real middle ground where you're kind of on a plateau. If you're on a plateau, you're about to start shrinking. So you always need to be moving yourself forward one way or the other. And so this means you need to be prepared to commit to what's easy and what's difficult. And that's all part of that uh, perseverance. If you think of a, a, a business sort of as a child, once, once, once you start it, they, in the beginning stages, they demand all your time. Uh, they demand a lot of money. They demand a lot of, uh, a lot of your emotion. And this is just part of it. You can't give them back. And in many cases in, in business, our reason for not being able to give it back is uh, give back the, the business is that we may not want to deal with the, uh, the, the consequences or the emotional consequences of, of giving it back. But we may need to be able to say just as parents, why did I ever do this? We don't say this to the kids, of course, right? But to the door sometimes or, or uh, to a really good friend, you need to be able to uh, get out those, those, those angry feelings of, of, uh, and, and anxieties and insecurities. And, and you're, you're, at the end of the day, you're, not, you're more than just a mom. You're more than a wife. You're more than your business. You're, you're so many things when you're a woman or you're so many things when you're a man. You're so many things when you're a person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't let everything that you do uh, define you in total. Everything's just a piece of it. And, and you, may, you may not be happy with how it's going. And, and, and that's just part of being here. That's, you know, that's just part of the journey. Uh, we often um, uh, look with uh, envy at other people we think have it all together, but I don't, I'm not so sure any of us have it all together. And, and, and really, if you had it all together, it'd be kind of boring. I don't know about you, but if I'm, if I'm more than three or four days with nothing to do, then, then what's left but chocolates and television? I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. I, I, get, I, I don't think I'd be a... a a good person if, if, if everything was too easy. What would, what would it be so boring? What would you do? Like, I don't know what you, what would you do with your brain? What would, what would your gray cells engage in? 
I I don't know. I, I so I think that it is just trying to look at who how do you want to feel about yourself? Who do you want to feel you are? What defines you? Um, how do you want to be known? How do you want to be thought of? You're entitled to ask yourself these questions. Right? It's it's important. Uh, do you have a, a spiritual balance sheet? You know, I lot I know a lot of uh, a, a lot of times you hear about that uh, work life balance. Um, that the important thing is to manage your time to have the work life balance. I don't know anybody who's got one. So many women are made to feel like they're complete failures because they can't run a business and, and uh, you know, look like they should be walking down a catwalk um, <laughs> and have perfect children that all get A's and, 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 and never say I hate you or anything rude. I, I mean, that's, I, I don't think that exists, right? Well, I, 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 life is messy. Right? I, I think life is kind of messy and that's kind of okay. I think that's good. So I, I think we often, um, I don't know, we just, there is, there is no perfect balance. There's just how we live our life. And, and within our families, that becomes normal for us. As long as everybody else can manage with it, then, then, then that's okay. No matter, you know, I've, uh, my belief is that, you know, I've, I've met, you know, uh, women from families where there's divorce, and, and I have a divorce in my past as well, and, and um, or where they have a child with a disability, or, or something happens, right? Mm-hmm. And so one will say, you know, um, they're bending over backwards in a, in a divorce because they don't want one of the children to hate them, or any of the children to hate them, right? So they, they try and outdo each other, highly competitive, sometimes that happens. Um, and then there are families where, like in, in my second family, there is no divorce. My husband and I are, are together. We've had a wonderful relationship. But that doesn't stop my youngest guy from saying, I hate you, right? Right. They're going to hate you anyways. They're all going to hate How would they ever leave you if they were so fond of you? They have to grow up and leave you. We're even trying to encourage Brendan, like, to... To consider a group home. Come on, you'll love it. It'll be a lot of fun, right? So, so, but they, they've got to. They do. They, it, it doesn't matter. There's no perfect. Your children are. They're going to make their own way. There's no perfect way to do it. There's, there's no, there's, there is no work-life balance or, or whatever. I don't think there's. It's just trying to create a meaningful life, and I'm, it's different for everybody. You know, and I, I don't like being pigeonholed, you know, reading all this stuff about how you should be doing this or that this way and taking whatever time you need for for uh, a certain thing or make sure that you always have one hour for yourself, you know, whenever, uh, once a day. If you get that, that, I, that is really great. But women who can't find it shouldn't feel guilty because they didn't find whatever they need today maybe you'll get it tomorrow you know what I mean I right. you need to find out what works for you and not it's just another form of judgment right it's just another form of boxing you into something and I I don't like being in a box anywhere I'm, I want to be my own person and I think we all want to be our own person and of course when you do that then you got to take all the the um, ups and downs and the um, you know, the good times and the bad times come with it, but but that's uh, that's part of, of of defining yourself as a, an individual, part of the growing up process. So 
to me, that's just normal, right? To me, that's my normal life now, right? I don't consider there's anything particularly special about me, really, to be honest. Like, I do laundry like everybody else, and uh, I, I clean my own toilets, right? <laughs> uh, our, cleaning, our cleaning lady fired us because our son Brendan likes to spit in the sink. So, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> So anyway, so that's that's one of my household tasks still. I mean, really, my life is not much different than than anybody else's in in any other way. I do a few different things, but we all have way more in common than we have that's different. No matter where you are um, in business or where you've risen to in 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 your profession, and and if if you don't still have all those things in common I think that's the real isolation that's when you're missing something but we're all kind of the same really we're we're so lucky to have a country where there's so many supports and places and so many opportunities and and yeah I think we we all we all share that 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 commonality it's just I don't I don't know why some people go the business route and some people don't, but really, you should have a choice, right? It's just when you make choices, you have to live with the consequences of your choices Absolutely. always. And I think that's the big, the big difference. Some of us are more comfortable doing that than others, but it never occurred to me whether I'd be comfortable or not making choices. I just always, for some reason, just figured it, if I made a choice and it wasn't the best choice, then I should make another choice. Now, in my first marriage, it took a little long to make the, the next choice. I, I, looking back, I should have made that choice a little sooner <laughs> to change that. But, I mean, we all learn from what we go through, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We all, Absolutely. We all learn from what we go through. Well, thank yeah. you so, so much, Ruthie. That's, like, such incredible <laughs> information. It's such an honor to speak with you today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm, uh, oh You're making me blush. Really, honestly, I'm, I, I think you're doing amazing stuff, really, honestly. So I take my hats off to you. I haven't written anything yet. I still have some catch-up to do. You listen, you've accomplished so many things in helping so many people. It's beyond belief. So, Ruthie, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, you know, either reach out to you directly or reach out to uh, maybe they're interested in being a lunch lady because it's such an incredible concept. How can they get a hold of you? Well, the best way is through our website, and the website is www.thelunchlady. That's T-H-E-L-U-N-C-H-L-A-D-Y.ca. So the lunch lady, just like the one you had in school, the lunch lady, the lunch lady dot and on the site you can find links uh, to talk to various members of our team and on the new to the lunch lady I think it even has my email address there if you want to contact me so that's awesome well thank you so much for sharing this incredible information I didn't expect for you to share so much great info so I, I really really appreciate it and I know our audience appreciates it too but my 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 pleasure we're all just trying to find our way right really honestly we're all just trying to find our way and do the best we can totally well thank you so much well, thanks oh thank you so much
Thanks for the opportunity to spend some time talking with you. It was great. Oh, no, you're phenomenal. So it's been long awaited. So, And I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this podcast that's everywhere all over the world. It's so exciting. And please remember to subscribe and share because there's so many people out there who could learn from this info. And please write us a positive review. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Empowerment Radio Show. Want more empowerment from Randy Goodman? Stay up to date and follow Randy on Twitter at Randy Connects. That's Randy with an I. Remember to use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering Women to Succeed. Or visit TorontoWomensExpo.com. Thank you.